This is Pave It Black. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pave It Black, the official podcast of the National Asphalt Pavement Association. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. And today we're here to talk about workforce. Now, recently we did an entire season on workforce and getting to know the different type of work in our industry. But today we're specifically wanting to talk about addressing the workforce challenges and thinking about bringing people into the industry in a little bit outside of the box ways. So today I'm interested to hear some of the more innovative ways companies in the asphalt industry are approaching the challenge of attracting talent into the industry and some of the partnerships they have formed in that process. So today, to help us with that, we've invited three different people to be a part of our podcast. And so as we get things started, I'd like to welcome Jason, Mike, and Jim and allow them to briefly introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about their companies before we dive deep into the meat of the conversation. Thank you, Napa. My name is Jason Dunnick, and I'm with Dunnick Inc. out of Minnesota. We are a family that has been in business since 1926. We are in the asphalt paving business, the underground business, and various other businesses with right around 1,200 employees. We look forward to the conversation today. Hi, I'm Jim Sieben with Novatech Engineering and a Midwest Technology Campus. Just a little about us, we are a robotics company that primarily makes product for the ag industry. We are mostly in the poultry industry and have just expanded into the shrimp industry. My name is Mike Craker. I work at Wilmer High School, Wilmer, Minnesota, and I teach technology education. Different courses are drafting, electronics, robotics, some car, little wood shop, and some carpentry. Well, welcome. So Jason, I'd like to start with you. And I was kind of interested to hear what some of the workforce challenges that Dunnett Construction has faced and maybe when some of those challenges became apparent to the company. And if you feel like those challenges are growing, dealt with, or where the status stands on some of the challenges they face with workforce. Thank you. I think we started seeing the workforce challenge come in about eight, nine years ago. Prior to that, in the spring of the year, since we're a seasonal business, you would have, gosh, it might be 400 applicants come to our door. The pile was a foot and a half high. And as we started looking at recruiting employees, the pile started dwindling and we were trying to figure out how we could find employees. In a given day, we might have six to 10 truck driving positions available We probably have right now 15 to 20 positions available that we could hire towards. And that could be anything from behind a paver flag person to an estimator or even into our collections and and IT. So it's a very challenging area for us. Looking forward, we just had a conversation earlier today about it. And every sector that you talk to in our community is, is looking for employees. So, Mike, going over to you a little bit, what are you seeing in terms of changes in perception of of programs like the industrial arts that you're working with as the high school? With these kind of careers that are are available 
Are you seeing students that are wanting to do this? Are you seeing people kind of look down their noses? Is the desire there? It kind of varies. I think we have less kids that are taking these courses than we've seen in the past, but they also uh, over, I have about a 30 year career going in teaching here over the last 10 or 15 years. We just seem to have fewer kids that are interested in this area. We still have a fairly good chunk, but there are less now. The school has added a lot more other elective options, and so they're selecting those as opposed to going into these more hands-on related classes. So, Jim, we've kind of heard a little bit of how workforce challenges are impacting businesses in the asphalt industry and some of the things that are being seen on the high school level. I'm hoping maybe you could provide a little bit of perspective on workforce challenges facing businesses like for the greater engineering community or the machining and robotics industries. Yeah, if I were to go back, I have to agree with Jason. I think it was probably about 10 years ago when we started really seeing a challenge. And there was a time where I felt that it wasn't my responsibility to see to it that there were employees for our company. And I had a, an aha moment that hit me. We were looking for machinists. And I called school directly. And I talked to the teacher. And I said, hey, what can we do to see to it that we get some of your machinists? And he says, Jim, we have four machinists in class. And uh, they're all taken. The Twin City area has taken them all. And I hung up from that phone call just not happy. What's wrong with these schools? We're not having the, the people we need in our business. And it was a moment that hit me was like, oh, what are you doing about it? And ever since then, I have been really way more engaged in the youth in our community in really trying to help them see what the businesses are about. We're talking here about the MAPS program. And that program has been wonderful for us. We have three employees that came through that program that started working well for us. I'm also a part of the CEO program that is creating entrepreneurial opportunities. And these are high school students, junior seniors, that get the opportunity to come to a different business and start their day in school in a different business. In fact, I was a teacher this morning for the KCEO team. It was uh, 20 students. And as businesses, we get to actually talk about whatever we feel is important to talk about to the students. And it ranged all the way from community and what types of jobs are you interested in and showing our business off. So, In the last 15 years, we've come from 30 employees to 330 employees, and we have about 20 openings and have consistently had about 20 openings for the last three, four years. So, Jason, you've been involved with some of our efforts at NAPA related to workforce development over the last few years and been a big champion of a lot of that effort. So when we reached out to you to be on this podcast today, you were like, yes. And the next thing we know, we're getting Mike and Jim on board as well. And Brett and I are sitting there going, okay, who are Mike and Jim? And how does this all kind of play together? I'd be interested in hearing, and maybe even from each of you, kind of your version on 
How did this synergy of the three of y'all working together in this space or, or finding kind of a common goal start? And what's kind of been the evolution of this partnership to help in the workforce space, whether you're an asphalt company or a machining kind of company, or even a high school teacher who's trying to help people and kids with their future careers? Yeah. So Richard, I back five years ago, I was trying to figure out how we could recruit out of the high schools and was thinking about, I can't do this alone, but I probably know some businesses that could help me. And so I thought, what sectors would work well in recruiting out of the high schools? And so I'm in the horizontal construction business, and I recruited another company, which is Marcus Construction, which is in the vertical construction business. Then I went to one of my friends in the welding business, which was a company called Relco, and asked them if they'd like to get on board with this idea that I have of taking kids out of the school, bringing them into our shop. We write the curriculum and we teach the class. That class is for eight days, an hour and a half a day consecutively. Then I recruited a machining company, which was Jim's company, and then also recruited a CAD company called West Central Steel, West Central Fabricating. All of these businesses were like, great idea, tell me more. We want to be involved. We need employees. And these are all businesses that are involved in the community already. If they're not involved in this, they're involved in CEO. If they're not involved in CEO, they're involved in robotics, a robotics team. If they're not involved in robotics, they're giving money to something else. And so these are, in my opinion, these were companies that I knew that would probably say yes. And then I went to the superintendents, Paul Schmitz, and he said, I've been looking for something like this for years. Let's do it. Didn't ask us how we were going to do it. He just said, let's do it. And the interesting thing was the first year that we did it, they use this phrase, we all kind of tangled up, but we tangled on. And the kids didn't know any better. We didn't know any better. And we've gotten better each year of teaching this class. What I think it does for us, it's a win like nine times over. The school gets the kids that really don't want to be in school learning with and reading a book. They want to learn with their hands. Gets those kids out of school and into our shops. We get to get these kids into our shops and actually show them what we do. As businesses, we're a really poor or bad at show and tell. Kids don't know what we do. Moms and dads don't know what we do. Counselors don't know what we do. We can be right next to the school and they still don't know what we do. The, the employer gets a shot at a brand new employee, at a potential employee. We keep the kids in the community. They meet a spouse, they get married, they send their kids to our schools, they sharpen our communities, and they become leaders in our community. So it's a great deal. It's great for us. And we we no longer get potential employees that have been around a long time. We get a fresh student, a fresh employee that we can mold to where we want to go. Mike and Jim, do you have anything you'd kind of like to add from your perspectives of getting this started? and? what it's meant for the programs moving forward. As Jason said, he connected with our principal and 
principal talk to me because I have had projects and do after school things and have had some success with robotics and things like that. And so he brought me to the meetings. We met with these five businesses and we kind of wanted to recruit out of the, the skills. So we looked at maybe we could teach them some drafting, some welding and looked at courses that we could recruit the kids from. And so we just kind of talked, how does this book, how do we share it? And this whole concept came together. Just before we started the class, uh, Principal Schmidt said, instead of just focusing on those specific careers, why don't we focus specifically on show the students, what does your business do? And then pull out some of those things, whether it be drafting or woodworking, carpentry, machining, welding, whatever it is. And we made it through the first round. Some of the students were connected to some of the other businesses. So as Jason and his business were doing their thing, some of the other businesses were quizzing the students at night. Hey, how to go today? What went well? What didn't go well? So they were able to form theirs and try to avoid any pitfalls that, that we ran into along the way. But as we've gone through the years, everybody kind of has fine-tuned their presentation and it just it works really well the students get a good look at what the businesses do and some of the skills that are needed to be in a job at that particular business and what we do at the end of the class is we give the students a chance to write out here's my contact information I'm interested in working for this company and these are the specific areas that I'm interested in I pass those along to the businesses and then their HR people or the main contact person from those businesses then makes contact with the student. They already know each other because they've seen each other in those seven or eight days at the business. And so it's just a smoother transition for the student to come and interact with an adult and interact in the company's situation. So when the um, students come to our company, we actually get them around the company a couple of days in each area. And we have them in engineering for a couple of days and they get to uh, sit beside the engineers as they're designing, developing the parts and pieces. They And in engineering, you know, it's it's not just sitting behind a desk and uh, developing a, a product. There's the prototypes to build. There's the things to test. So they get in, in with the people who are testing these prototypes. And then we move on to the machining area. So they go and work in the machine shop. We have a dozen CNC mills and a multitude of different other kinds of equipment in the machine shop there. And, and so they get to spend a couple of days learning all about the different machines. They work with machinists to understand the details of setting up a part and tool offsets and all of the details of machining. While they also are put to work after the machines are set up, they might run a hundred parts. So they, they feed the machines. They are the ones who take, put, puts the blanks in, takes the parts out, puts the blanks in and takes the parts out. We then move them on to uh, assembly area. We're a full turnkey company from concept of a product to design, development, machining, manufacturing assembly, customer service. We lease our machines out in the field, so we have them for the life cycle of the machines. 
So we do all aspects of from concept to end of life of a product. And so they move on to the assembly area. They get to assemble lots of parts and pieces. And from there, we have repair and maintenance. Again, the full life cycle, we in leasing our product, we maintain our part of the contract is we maintain our equipment. All equipment around the world, we are in 59 countries with our machines. And those parts and pieces all come back to us and we repair them here. And so they get a chance to see what that's like to go and after the design, go in and repair the uh, machines too. So they see the whole gamut of what we do in our company. So we've kind of touched on developing or attracting interest and developing skills at the high school level. I'm kind of interested in maybe some of the opportunities that are looked at to draw maybe from the older sector or how you maybe attract interest in some younger folks. Like, um, is the is the high school program an elective program or do you actually try to attract um, students into that coursework? So I'm just kind of curious from like the business perspective, um, maybe some, some different things that you look at as far as like um, older, older generation, um, attracting them into the business. And then as well as maybe helping create interest in that high school program. I'll speak a little bit about our CEO program. There's two CEO programs in probably 50 mile radius. Our CEO program is a econ elective. So they get an econ credit. And so the kids that are coming into that program actually do get that. I always try to recruit both the parent and the student during our time together. And at the end of our MAPS program and at, at the end of our CEO program, we have a we have, um, and during the MAPS program, we have something called signing day. As important it is for a kid that's going to go to college and play basketball or football, and they get a signing day. I think it's as important for a kid that's going into our industry, if it's machining or if it's construction or if it's welding, they should be recognized at a signing day too. So we have a signing day at the end of uh, our 48 days that we teach, and it's um, they sign the sweat pledge, which is part of Mike Rose platform. And it's really neat. The parents come for a breakfast. We have the kids stand up and tell us what they've done and what, what they've learned, but also the parents stand up and, and tell us what they have heard from their kids. During that time, we're all recruiting, but I'm recruiting the parents. But if you're not happy where you're at, come and see one of these five companies. And so that's how we recruit the older people in the group. In the um, CEO program, so there's 50 companies, each that put in um, $1,000 each. And, and that is primarily to, to pay a teacher that brings them through the different businesses. But in that program, the kids, the first half of the year, they're learning a lot about businesses and all the different kinds of businesses there are. Second half of the year, they actually have to develop their own business. If they don't have money, they have to borrow money. They have to go and develop a real business. And it's really been fun to watch these kids grow from the first month. I was the first teacher this year for them. Uh, the class just started. 
And the difference between the first months and the second month of these kids coming to the different businesses, they learn everything. They learn how to look you in the eye and shake hands. And I, I observed today that four of the 20 couldn't even look at me. They just put their hand out and, and shook my hand. But what is really fun to watch is, is when you are later on the class uh, coming to your, your business. Uh, what a difference that you see in these kids in just one month in confidence and comfort with presidents and general managers of companies. It just is a world of difference in that we all give them our cards. We're here for you. Call us if you need us. If you have any questions in the maturity that happens in the first month of this program is just incredible. What we do here, we have a robotics team that I work with. And with the robotics team, there's all kinds of skills, machining, designing, creating, marketing. And so we recruit the kids out of our classes and uh, for that. And then in the classes, as well as that robotics team, then we're recruiting kids that are looking at uh, engineering or machining or designing and try to get them into these companies to see what's happening so that they can kind of see, hey, there's a possible career that I can get into. And like I said, I've, I've been at this for 30 years, so we've had a lot of kids that have gone through several of our courses. And as we come around to the businesses, I see my former students that are there doing engineering or machining or welding or driving uh, the equipment or working on the vehicles. And so it's it's really cool to see the impact that I've had, but the impact that this program is having, where now we're getting greater numbers of kids in there right after high school or even during their high school career and connecting with the business and seeing, hey, here's some potential employment that I can pick up. Uh, one of the parts of the math class is after the students have worked for a company for a little while, when it's time to go to school, these companies want to sit down with the students and have a chat about, hey, can we help you get some training? Can we help pay for part or all of your schooling? And then in return, you come back and you work for us for a couple of years. So it kind of connects the kids to like a scholarship opportunity. And it's a really big deal for the businesses because they're investing in a, a worker that's going to come back and do something productive for their company. Yeah, to what Mike said there, we... We put two students through um, school for machinists. So they came in as high school graduates, worked in the shop for a while. In the fall of the year, they agreed to go to school and learn the machining process. And we have a couple through the years that have been very sharp and actually learned in our machinists today that never went to school. They learned it all in our shop by the other machinists and are they're very good machinists for us. So we are very high on teaching and helping them through school. We have one, interestingly enough, that was determined to go to school. He didn't want us paying for it. He was going to do this all himself. So there's some fun kind of things that you see in people, too, that's uh, the determination uh, to learn in higher education. I think this is also a really good example of not all kids are cut out for college. 
And really, they tend to probably waste a lot of their time when when they're really the happiest with grease under their fingernails. And, you know, so this kind of has opened it up again, I think, uh, this class where kids are getting to look at some of these options that fit them better before they're trying to make the decision of going to on to college. We try to encourage the parents, actually, is college right for your kid? We have great opportunities in the blue collar area with just going to the two-year tech schools. So I'd like for each of you to answer this. And Mike, I'll, I'll go ahead and prep you. You're going first on it. Thinking back over this journey that y'all have had with this program, what's been like one aha moment you've had or looking back, you're like, oh, if we had only known this, if we could have implemented it in day one, it would have made things more successful. What's kind of that lesson learned that if someone were trying to start this program from scratch, that you would say, you've got to make sure that this happens to help other people be successful, maybe developing similar programs? Well, the big thing that I see and when I talk about this to other people, I say, this was not our school's idea. These businesses came to us and said, we have an idea. So the businesses were definitely on board. How do we make this work? And then our job was to help them sort of develop their curriculum and figure out how to introduce their business to the students. So I think the biggest aha was this is great. But it really, for someone to get started, you got to get your businesses have to get the vision and jump in on this and help lead and help to set up what does this course look like. Adding to that, I would say that's probably our biggest aha. I would say we weren't very good with the first class. We really didn't think about all of the opportunity we could provide for them. And we substantially stayed in one area and didn't do much. As I explain it now, what we're doing today, we're getting to so many areas. And what we found is we actually have some of them interested in different areas than you might think when they uh, come around. And initially, we saw this more as a, I'm going to say, a prep machining or welding side of, of the business. And because we're moving them all over, we're getting some who want to come and be in an assembly or want to be in repair and maintenance of our machines. And it's a learning process, and, and we get a little better every year at it. I would say that, number one, it's an industry-driven initiative with industry people and industry money. We're not out there asking the, the school for anything other than their students to come to our shops. Then you need a champion at the school, which is the principal and a teacher like Mike, to really drive it home. And so when you have those two line up, it really goes quite well. I wanted to step back, Jason. Jim kind of talked about some of the entry points into his business from the students. I was kind of curious kind of what you've seen into the construction world as far as like different areas that students have shown interest from the program and where they've ended up or things that they've kind of floated to? So we have four kids in the program. One is going through the construction management now. And we have two newbies. One is learning how to run a loader. And the other one jumped right into being a dump man on our asphalt crew. And you take a kid that is 18 years old, dumping trucks, and he's making $30 an hour. It's pretty exciting for him. 
gets exciting for his family and it gets exciting for us. We get that new employee. And, and so all five of the businesses that are in here have had really great success putting kids into places and growing them. But those all those kids, other than the kid that decided to go into construction management, came right into our business with, with you know, we taught them they didn't have to go to college. I think an ancillary benefit to a company is the our older employees watching us bring in, and I'm going to say coddle and bring the, these young folks along is inspiring to them. You know, we're here to help the young um, and, and train them and teach them. And, um, you know, we have a lot of, of our older employees that are, um, are very willing to take them under their wing, help them out and guide them. And those are some really neat additional things that you get out of this. Well, I just want to thank all of you for your time and being here with us today on the podcast and wish you the best of luck in this program moving forward and uh, keep doing what you're doing. I think it's a great opportunity um, and not just for your companies, but to expose different uh, high schoolers to to different worlds that they may not have previously gotten exposed to. So thank you all very much for what you're doing. Um, and thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Jim. Bye. See ya. I think the biggest takeaway I had today really was how a program like this starts. And it really starts with businesses and community and finding those partnerships and finding the right avenues. And in this case, it seems like everything kind of fell in line, a good community, good businesses, and a high school that had the right staff in place to really be able to make this happen. and. It really opens your eyes to the opportunities. I think it, it was interesting to hear kind of how the program can help students enter that next stage in terms of professionalism and understanding what opportunities are out there and really being able to picture themselves moving into their next phase, their careers versus their schooling. So I thought it was a, a really interesting discussion. And I thought that those were the things that kind of stood out to me when we talked about it. And it goes back to something that was brought up very early on by Jim. He's like, I have to get involved. I was like, I can't just expect people to come to me. They're like, hey, I need a job and you've got a company. It's now going and showing people why. It's especially, I think, true in the job market that we're in right now, where people have all kinds of options. But if you can help people grow and show them the opportunities and show them the possibility for careers. And even for lack of a better way of putting it, sometimes it's dispel the myths that are out there about certain careers. I think programs like this open people's eyes and they kind of take off the blinders and help people see what's really out there and could be really valuable for the construction industry moving forward. Thanks for listening to Pave It Black. Visit asphaltpavement.org slash podcast to find more episodes, suggest a topic or guest, become a sponsor, or learn more about NAPA. Pave It Black is produced and copyrighted by the National Asphalt Pavement Association. Music by Colleague. As always, thanks to the dedicated workforce connecting diverse communities all across America. 
keep on paving it black. <laughs>